Genesis 19, verse 14. Genesis 19, verse 14. So Lot went out and spoke to the sons-in-law who married to his daughters and said, Get up and get out of this place, for the Lord is going to destroy this city. But to his sons, they seemed like he was joking. And when the morning was dawned, the angels urged, urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise and take your wife and your two daughters who are with you, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took a hold of the hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside of the city. And so it came to pass, verse 17, and it came to pass that when he had brought them outside, that he said, escape for your life. Do not look behind, nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you are destroyed. Then Lot said to him, to them, please know my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight and has increased in mercy which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil will overtake me and I die. See now, there's a city near enough to flee, and it's a little city. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of that city was called Zoar. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your, uh, your fervency and your passion. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful people who love you, Lord. They are faithful to you week after week. Lord, these people love you and they give week after week and they come not because of me, Lord. It's, they love you. And I don't know the needs of their hearts, but you see it. And I'm asking on their behalf that you meet their needs. You touch their hearts. Speak to their spirits, Lord. Be their comfort and their shepherd. A great shepherd, Lord. Wrap your arms of love around them and strengthen them, I pray. These are your people, Lord, that you have entrusted me with. Lord, I want to be so very careful that I teach them the truth that I lead them in the right way because I want to stand before you and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I want to do the best I can and I pray for these people, Lord, that they would always serve you. As you said, blessed are they that endure to the end. They shall be saved. We pray that we would be the ones that would be counted worthy to end. Jesus, you told your own disciples to pray that we'd be delivered from the evil one. We pray that we would be delivered and saved and preserved all the way to the very end. That our salvation, our fervency, our passion for you would not windle out. Wouldn't be like the five foolish virgins and their lamp goes out. But I pray that we would endure to the very end. Strong, not weary, not broke down, not barely make it, but very strong. Help us to be that people, I pray. Lord, I pray for these people you've given me. I pray you bless them tonight. That they would leave today strengthened in the faith, encouraged and edified, I pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. We are proposed with a story tonight. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard of this story, Lot and his family. And the Bible says that Lot was um, Abram's nephew. So Abraham had a nephew and his name was Lot. Lot had a wife, and he had some children here. 
And this story in chapter 19 talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. God was getting ready to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says in verse 24 of chapter 19 that God rained down fire and brimstone on the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. The scripture says it came out from the Lord. The Lord did it. Verse 25, he overthrew the cities. God was upset that day. But the Bible says in verse 26 of the same chapter that Lot's wife looked behind to the city and she came a pillar of salt. This story is a very tragic story, a story that you don't really read it if you want to be edified. You have a woman here who is Lot's wife. She does not have a name. It's just referred to as Lot's wife. Lot's wife, Lot and their children, is living in the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham interceded for the city. God said, if I can find ten, I'll save the city. God couldn't find ten. So God was going to destroy the city. And the reason that God was going to destroy the city was because of their perversion, their sexual perversion. You'll read in previous, verse, previous chapters, you had angels coming to the door of Lot and begging to have sex with his daughters. It was a perverse city. Lot was so vexed by it. The scripture says he was vexed by the ungodly conversation of Sodom. The Bible says that he offered his daughters for them to have sex with them because the angels here, or the men of the city, excuse me, wanted to have sex with the angels. Same sex. And so God was upset with the city and judgment was coming to the city. And so God said, I can't deal with this any longer. These people refuse to repent. However, I will deliver my people from judgment. And so Lot, his wife, and his family was delivered from the coming judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I said that to say this, is that God is a just God and God always judges sin. But I am a firm believer that when you look at Scripture, God is also a merciful God and He does not commit His children to wrath. In other words, he delivers his own children from the coming judgment and the coming wrath. He delivers us, and then he punishes the ungodly. Somebody say amen. So it doesn't matter how bleak it may look out there. And it may not matter how strong the tares are growing against the wheat. I want to remind you tonight that God is merciful. He's just. He's gracious. He's loving. And I promise you, if you are counted among the number, you will be showed mercy. He will deliver us. He has not appointed us to wrath. We are saved from the coming judgment. Just like God, in His goodness and His grace, said, I'm going to send a flood, and I'm going to destroy the whole world with a flood because every thought that mankind has is continually evil. He says, I'm going to... I'm going to destroy everything in the earth. I am sorry that I made mankind. Mankind is wicked, and I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood. But the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And you know what Noah did? Noah obeyed the voice of God, and he built an ark. And eight of his family members were saved from the coming judgment. I don't know about you, but we serve a merciful God. Hallelujah. I said we serve a merciful God. And we are approaching, we are approaching the great day of the Lord. I said we're approaching the great day of the Lord. At any moment, at any time, 
there's going to be a trumpet that's going to be sounded by Gabriel. He's going to step out and he's going to blow the trumpet. And according to the scriptures, the dead in Christ, those who have died in the Lord, those who have died in the Lord, like my precious mother and my grandmother and your mother and your grandmother and your friends and your sisters and your brothers, those who've died in the Lord, when the Gabriel sounds the trumpet, the dead shall be lifted up out of the ground. Hallelujah. And they shall be caught up to meet him in the air. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. I don't know about you, but we're going to be saved from the coming judgment that's going to pour upon the earth. The Bible says there's going to be seven angels that blow seven trumpets and seven vows to be poured upon the earth during the great tribulation period. But the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Ghost, he said it is not appointed for the church to obtain the wrath of God. Somebody say amen. I don't care what Slick Willie has told you. You don't have to suffer in the wrath of God. He took the wrath of God upon the cross. Jesus took the wrath of God upon the cross. And we don't have to go through tribulation. We don't have to go through wrath. Ladies and gentlemen, we are saved from coming judgment. We're saved from it. Now there is a difference between suffering and wrath. Let me make sure you understand that there are Christians around the world who are suffering. There are Christians who are being beheaded. There are Christians who are suffering for the name of Christ. But they are not experiencing the wrath of God. And in the tribulation period... After the great day of the Lord, there is going to be a great, there's going to be a great pouring out of God's wrath. But you and I are saved from the wrath to come. And as I look at this story tonight, I find that Lot, his wife, and his family was saved from the wrath to come because we serve a merciful God. Somebody say hallelujah. I remember I was preaching a funeral one time. Uh, I've preached many of them, but one time I, I was preaching this funeral and I got in the hearse with the uh, funeral director, and I'm sitting there, and it was cold outside, and I had my overhaul, my coat on and trying to get warm, and so the funeral director's in the car, and we're warming up the car, and we're just having small talk, and, and he was wanting to know a little bit about my life, and so I just started asking him a question. I said, it's interesting to me that every funeral, funeral that I've ever done, it seems as though that all of the graveyards, the plot, is facing one direction. It's always facing one direction. The, and, and, and he looked at me and said, well, Reverend, the reason that we do that is because it's really a tradition. And he says, and some people don't like it, and we don't do it if they don't like it. But for the most part, we go ahead and just do it because years and years ago, he said, uh, 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 he said we were taught that the great resurrection, when it happens, he's going to come from the east. And so when the bodies are lifted up out of the ground, the very first thing their eyes is going to see Somebody better shout. They're going to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm about to get happy tonight. How many still believes in the great day of the Lord that he's coming back? Somebody say hallelujah. And in the early church, in the early church, in the third or fourth century, Kathy, in the early church when they got together on Sunday morning, they got up early Sunday morning and went to church. Some of the Jews went to church on Saturday, but they also come on Sunday morning. The reason that many came on Sunday night was because of persecution. So they met and worshipped at nighttime. So because of the fear of persecution. 
Or a second theory is the reason why Christians met twice on Sunday was because they had morning prayers and evening prayers. The Jewish community would meet every morning to pray and they would meet in the evenings to pray. So the early Christians taught, took that idea and they would meet on Sunday to pray morning and they would meet on Sunday evenings to pray. Somebody said amen, morning and evening prayers. And what's interesting in the early church is that when... When they came together to worship, one of the things they always said every Sunday was this, Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. Now, I don't know about you, if you, maybe you listen during the church service, but every once in a while when communion, I'll say that. And I'm saying the same thing that they've said for 2,000 years. He has died, he has risen, and he will come again. I want to let you all know today that this is a Bible-believing church. And we believe that he really did die. And we really believe he really was risen from the dead. And we really do believe that one day he shall return in the clouds of glory. Is there anybody in the building that's looking forward to the return of Christ? Hallelujah! So Lot, Lot and his family was preserved from the coming judgment. And God led him out of the city by the angel's hand. Led him out by the hand of the angel. One person, Lot's wife, had to look back one more time. Could it be, ladies and gentlemen, could it be that if we're not careful, that we just need to look back one more time to the things we used to have. The desires of the flesh. But I encourage you tonight, there is no reason to look back. You have every reason to look forward to. Somebody say amen. It's possible that she was, was led out of Sodom and Gomorrah. She was led out of the city, but the city was not out of her. The city wasn't out of her. And this story, Lot and his family is in the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. God is getting ready to destroy the city. And Lot begins to negotiate here. Lot begins to talk to his family. Verse 14. Verse 13. For he will destroy this place because of the outcry that has grown. The, the outcry has grown great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy the city. So here are angels coming to give Lot a message that they're going to destroy the city. So guess what Lot does in verse 14? Lot goes in and he speaks to his son-in-laws who had been married to his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place. The Lord is going to destroy the city. But they all thought he was joking. Boy, isn't that the generation we live in? Boy, we have never been mocked as much as we've been mocked now. We have never seen so many people sitting around joking as we see now. We have the liberals who will joke at us and mock us and saying that we've lost our minds because we believe this message. It's nothing new, is it? They mocked at Noah when he built the ark. They were eating and drinking and giving a marriage, but that didn't stop Noah. He kept building the ark because he believed that one day a great rainfall was coming. Oh yes, we have empty pews tonight, but I promise you, the day after the Lord returns, there are not going to be no empty pews in no churches. There's not going to be no empty altars. There ain't no pastor going to have to ask people to pray and fast. 
Ain't no pastor going to have to ask people to weep before God. That's all going to take care of its own self. It's all going to take care of its own self. We're not going to have to worry about opening doors. They'll beat the doors down to get in the building. History repeats itself, don't it? They're joking. Lot was saying, let's get out of the city, for God is going to destroy this city. But they all thought he was joking. Verse number 15, Genesis 19, verse 15. And when the morning dawned, the angels, this is the second time, the angels are urging them, get out of the city, get out of the city, arise, take your wife, take your two daughters, here, lest you be consumed by the punishment of this city. And ladies and gentlemen, do you not feel the urgency of the Holy Ghost? Do you not feel the urgency of the Spirit of God? The angels are urging them, get out, get out, for God is going to destroy this city. And even today, as people are joking and, and they're making fun of Christianity, saying all kinds of evil against God Himself, there is an urgency that's coming from heaven tonight, urging us, we better get ready. We better get ready. It's an urgency. Get out of this city. There's an urgency. You know what we're missing in the church? We're missing urgency. We're missing passion. Hallelujah. How dare us we stay home on Sunday night when you're physically able to get up and come to the house of God. Come on, somebody. Oh, that's hard preaching, Pastor. But I'm convinced that four hours... Four hours of church on Sunday, if that's all you come, that don't hurt nobody. Boy, I just wish somebody in the amen corner would raise your hands and say, that's good preaching right there, Pastor. I may step on my toes, but I agree with you. Is there anybody agree with me tonight? Say amen. Now, I know it's strong. Now, I know that we get sick and there's situations and emergency. That's all acceptable. But you understand that if we're physically able and we're just eating Cheetos at home, we should be in the house of God. Come on, somebody. (gasps) Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I got mine this morning. Tonight's really for you. It's for you tonight. And so, and so, the angel urging them, get out of the city. Pastor Larry, the Bible says in verse 16, and while... They lingered. The men took hold of the hand of his wife's hand and the hands of his daughters. And the Lord, being merciful to them, brought them out and set them outside of the city. I'm about to shout right here. Even when we linger, even when we're slow, even when we've messed up on the Lord and we linger at His promises and we're not proactive with the Lord, i got good gospel news to you. He's still merciful to us. Woo, somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in God, being merciful to Him, even when they lingered, even when they lingered around and the angel was saying, get out, get out, get out. There's an urgency and they still linger. Boy, isn't that the church world today? Preachers can preach till veins pop out of their necks and church folks linger. Linger. As if I'm preaching to the walls. 
You just linger. Linger about the promises of God. Linger about the word of God. Yet there's an urgency and they lingered. But yet God was merciful and says, you know what? You've got a covenant with me. I can't consume you with the wicked. I gotta bring you out because you're not a part of the wicked. I want to let you know that even when we linger, God is still merciful. Hallelujah. I know this is Sunday evening and I gotta calm down, but once in a while I want to throw my head back, lift up my right hand, and say, Thank you that you're merciful. So God was being merciful to them, set him outside of the city. And the Bible says, verse 17, and it came to pass. That when he brought him outside of the city, he said to them, escape for your life. Do not look behind. Don't stay anywhere in this plain. Escape to the mountain lest you die. Get out of this place quickly. Get out quickly. Then verse 18, and the Lord and Lot said, please, my Lord. Boy, isn't that interesting. After the Spirit is urgency, ur- urging us and we linger, we want to argue. Y'all with me tonight? And here, the Spirit's urging them, get out. They're, they're full of apathy and complacent. They're just wondering. This urgency's pulling them. And they're like, well, just let me find my car keys first. Let me find my diaper bag here. You give me 10 minutes. And the Spirit is saying, get out! Okay, but, 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 but just, just let me find. I know I left my keys around here somewhere. Just linger. Not paying attention to the urgency. If there was a fire in your house, who cares about your keys? The urgency of the matter says, get out. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? So they're just lingering around. God's being merciful to them. He said, I'm going to bring you out anyway. I know you're lingering. And then he brings them out and Lot begins to have a conversation. Lo, my Lord, no, Lord. Saying to the angels, verse 19, Indeed now, if your servant has found favor in your sight, you would have increased your mercy. So he's saying, I know you've been mercy, but can you show me a little bit more mercy? As if being delivered from Sodom and Gomorrah ain't enough mercy. People get themselves in trouble. God is merciful to them. People almost die. God has delivered them. Be merciful. And yet, we come back and ask for more mercy. More mercy. He said, I, I can't escape to the mountain. He said, if I, if I do what you tell me to do, I'm going to die. Why are they arguing with the angel? I would probably say, dude, whatever you want me to do, I am at your beck and call. Because I just saw some fire come down out of the east over there. And I'm getting my honey out of here. So wherever you want me to go, you better tell me right now. Y'all with me? But he's like, 
And he's like, if you could, give me a little bit more favor. He said, because if I go where you want me to go, I might die. You would think that you would obey the words of the angel, and the angel would know what he's doing, and he would not send you to a place where you would die. But you see the doubt? God has been merciful to us even after we linger. Even after we don't follow the urgency, He's still merciful to us, brings us out, gives us more favor. And even when we argue with God, God still says, okay. Look at verse 20. God agrees with him. See now, Lot is saying, this city is near me. Let me flee to a little city, please. Let me escape there. And my soul shall live. Lot is saying, I know you want me to go to the mountain, but I'm afraid I'm going to die. So he's telling the angel, let me just go over to the next town over. And guess what the angel says, verse 21. And he said to them, see, I've found favor concerning this thing, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Verse number 22, hurry, escape there. For This is what the angel is saying. For I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the place was called Zoar. See how merciful God is. He negotiated, the angel negotiated with a human and agreed with the human that I'm going to agree with your terms. You don't have to go to the mountain. You can do what you want to do. You can go to the city over. What are you saying, Pastor? This story is a prime example of the postmodern world we live in. You see people laughing and joking because God was going to destroy the city. Nobody believed Lot. And yet Lot even after he delivered the message, they still thought he was joking. And the angel urged them to leave quickly, and yet they believed the angel, but they didn't have the urgency to go. And yet God was still merciful to them, even when they wasn't going as fast as he would like them to go. God was even still merciful to Lot, even when he negotiated with the angel, I want to go to the place I want to go to because I don't want to go to the mountain. I might die. You would think the angel knows the best route. But yet the angel said, okay, if you want to do your way, do your way, but get out of the city. You know what? As I've read this story, the thing that pops in my mind over and over is that Lot said, let me go to the next city over because if I go to the mountain, I might die. So, following the Lord lot, following the voice of the angel might produce death. That's what he said. Lot said, if I go to the mountain, that's where you want me to go, I might die. 
really? If you was going to die, you would have died in Sodom and Gomorrah. Why are you being fearful after you've been delivered? And that's the word of the Lord to this church. If he has delivered you from your spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah, then why do we need to negotiate with God and be fearful of the future that he has for us? If he has called us to go to the mountain, my God, church, let's go with the pastor. Let's go to the mountain. Let's not be fearful. There's no reason for us to take a shortcut and go to the next city. God has called us to the mountain. Don't let a spirit of fear stop you going all the way. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me go to Zoar. You know what the word means? Little. Let me go to a little place because I'm afraid of the big mountain. But if the angel told you to go to the mountain, we have nothing to lose. So the word of the Lord to you tonight is, if you are here tonight, I assume you're a believer. And if you are a believer, you have been delivered from your spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah. And if you have been delivered from your spiritual Sodom and Gomorrah, there is no reason for you to settle less and go to a small city. There's no reason for you to walk in fear. As a matter of fact, if He delivered you, then you should not walk in fear, but you should walk in courageous faith, knowing that you can tackle the mountain because the same God that brought you out is the same God that's going to be with you in the mountain. Let's live a life of no fear. No reason to fear. Let's go on to the mountain. Let's go to the mountain. The Lord is calling us. He's calling us, this church, to a mountain. You understand that in the last three weeks, I have felt in the Spirit there's been a shift in the atmosphere. I don't know. I wish somebody just helped me out here. And it, <laughs> it's not by happenstance because there's been many, many prayers going on for a long time. And the Spirit of the Lord, what He's doing, He's getting the atmosphere ready because we're all taking a trip to the mountain. Thank you for the one handshake and the few. I said, we're all going to take a trip to the mountain. I'll say it again. I said, we're all going to take a trip to the mountain. We're not going to settle for just a little city. We're going to climb the mountain together. Don't live in a spirit of fear. The reason for Paul uttered the words to his spiritual son, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love 
and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Are you ready to go to the mountain? It said, are you ready to go to the mountain? Lot's wife never made it to the mountain. She turned to a mountain of salt. We don't walk in faith and go to the mountain. We're going to turn into salt. Do you know that after they found Sodom and Gomorrah, archaeological evidence, when they found it, they found a lot of salt, fire and brimstone. She turned into a pillar of salt because she represented the place that she was leaving. And when you turn around and you look at the stuff, you are resembling the place that you just exited. Don't live in a spirit of fear. Keep your eyes to the mountain. Let's go together. Amen. Did you enjoy the word of the Lord tonight?